0: All right, everybody, it's a Scooter here, and I guess this is going to be, I don't know what this episode's going to be like, because I was thinking, I, I hadn't planned this. In fact, if you listened, hopefully you didn't listen closely to the uh, intro, but then maybe on your second or third time, or maybe you're listening during the day, or maybe you are listening. I, I'm talking to everybody here now, whether you're awake or asleep, uh, Originally, like when I sat down to record the intro, I was thinking, okay, we'll do like uh, it was for uh b- b- what is that baking fun time fun bake uh great British bake off and uh, so that uh, was uh, like uh, that uh, yeah so so but then that all that stuff came up, so I said, oh boy, well. I guess we're going to have to talk about my own private spring. Is that what it was called? My own private spring? And I said, well, is this going to be a surreal journey? Because there is something that didn't come up in the intro. And, you know, there's not always places. There's places I have not necessarily visited a lot in the podcast and like or I've visited indirectly but you know sometimes when I create a safe place for you it also creates a safe place for me so this will be a, maybe it'll be a bit like a personal essay journey into my deep past uh, to the the first house the first apartment I lived in and then the first house I lived in as a child uh, because there is i think a spring involved and it's a place I, like, uh, rarely visit in my mind. It's not a, I don't know, like, it's just a place of strong feelings, more uh, instinctual feelings than memories, so I have some memories of it. So won't you join me and we'll go, we will visit a spring there. So there's a place where, where I was originally born, where I was born, I was born in a hospital in Syracuse, New York don't ask me which one because I said I'll guess and that'll be the wrong one. Also. Yeah. I know these questions will come up and I don't know. So I don't know if I was born at night or in the day. I mean, I can ask my mom, but I'll probably forget. So by hopefully if my mom's listening, she'll let me know. I don't really know the answers to those questions. It's just like a, like a, I just don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Uh, and where my parents lived at the time, when I was born, I was their first child. Uh, like, other than a fictional older child, my da- my dad said, or our brother, Eric. Uh, my dad had an, I guess my dad had an imaginary child, Eric. Uh, and he'll use that as a teaching method for me that we'll talk about later. I probably joked about it on the podcast, but it's probably too early right now to joke about it. Uh, but also, well, that's interesting because my daughter and I actually found Eric. Uh, he, he was a fictional, well, I guess this is, well, I got to lean into these tangents, right? So I guess I'll talk about this briefly before I get to where I grew up and stuff. Uh So my dad had a fictional child where he would offer us life lessons, So like, uh, so he'd say, well, like, uh, Don't put that in your mouth. That would be an example because that's what Eric did. Eric put that in his, you know, Eric put things in his mouth from the ground. And I say, Eric, who? And I say, your older brother, Eric. Don't you remember him? And we say, no. Oh, well, yeah, but it's probably because he put stuff in his mouth. Uh, And usually my dad was smart enough to let us fill in the blanks about Eric uh, because there was no, and I'm trying to leave it blank for you. And it's a little bit funny, and then when you have to think about it for a little bit longer, you, a lot of people put their hands on their hips and they say, wait a second, and I'm, also I'm not joking. But it's an amusing story to tell now as an adult. Uh, and so we would fill in the blanks. we say, well, it never, I don't think it really worked, because uh, like it just on a, probably worked on a lower level that I'm still grappling with now. So in some sense it backfired, to because they think it generated a lower level uh, a word that has A and, you know, E-X-I, you know, those letters. Instead of being like, well, see, wait a second, there's no such thing as Eric uh, or that's ridiculous. Uh, like And it was based on my dad's humor, which is a humor that, uh, you know, is on the, on the side of independent, you know, indie movies feature this type of humor. But I did want to stop and say that my so, but I did tell my daughter about it because they, you know, a lot of kids, like kids today, <laughs> but so they say it's just amusing things from your childhood to share with your child, like going to bed without dinner or going in at dinner time to at least my daughter was just like hilarious and like she couldn't wrap her head around it. Maybe there was one time I made her go to bed really early. But I don't even think I ever did that. And she'd say, wait a second, so what would happen? I'd say, Well, you'd get in so much trouble, usually at dinner or before dinner, that you would be sent to bed without dinner. And she'd say like six and I'd say, Yep, you just have to go and I said in the summertime it would really be uh uh oh man, did I I think I did I ever talk about that on my on the podcast before? I don't think that was when I sent was sent to bed without dinner. Well, man, I thought I was going to talk about springs, but I guess I got to talk. Well, you know, you just got to lean in. This was so. This is at another house. I think I talked about this a long time ago. Maybe not though. So hopefully we'll get to the spring part because uh, I can't because I won't remember this stuff if I don't talk about it now. So my daughter always finds that hilarious. Be like, yeah, but you go to go to bed without dinner or going to bed really early while the sun's still up, like anytime before 7 p.m. I mean, sometimes, even now, I try to get my daughter to go to bed, like at least be like get in bed and read or listen to an audiobook or a podcast. But this would be, you'd go to bed way before your bedtime. And this was pre, just for any youth listening, this was, you know, PTE, pre-tablet era, PDE, pre-device era. And I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be allowed books or radio. And I was in the house with six kids. So if you were doing any of that, you'd have to do it super on the DL, especially if you shared a room with somebody. I don't know. So it was rarely used. It wasn't used in my house a lot. And it was I think it was used on TV and movies, too. Going to bed without supper, I think that's what they called it. And I know there's places in the world where that, you know, this was a luxury form of, uh, I I realized that. So what does I have to do? Oh, okay. So this, I guess I have to go into this tangent because me, I I don't know if I tell Sophia about this. Uh, So one of the big times, I've talked about this in therapy so many times, I'm not kidding, that, uh, uh the the memory is very balanced now, but uh it just that's why I'm like, have I talked about this on the podcast? But you know, someone that makes a sleep podcast, they're constantly coming up with ideas that are a little bit outside the box, right? Ideas and as a kid, uh even from early age, I did a lot of stuff without thinking. Where I did stuff from this curious strange place. I've talked about that before of like decisions I made that two adults have been as you know like uh, very surprising and then uh, that they can't even process or, or comprehend, but uh, that uh like they like what, what what drove you to make that choice? And they'd say, well, I just wanted to see what would happen. And I guess it moved into, like, not—even not a positive thing as I got older and rash or whatever. But this was a time of, like, childhood—it really was childhood innocence and curiosity and just not thinking out all the steps involved. And this was a pretty big one. And it had to be—I think it probably wasn't go to bed without supper. It must have been—I don't think it was in the summertime— And it was near a a big seasonal event, but not, like, uh, one of the biggest seasons. Because we were anticipating watching a Bugs Bunny special that night. Uh, So I was, like, I wasn't a little kid. I must have been, like, eight years. Somewhere between seven and nine. Or six. No, six and eight, maybe. But, yeah. So we were anticipating that night, probably at 7 or 8 p.m., Watching this Bugs Bunny special, so I don't know if it was a Thanksgiving, I'm guessing it was a Thanksgiving special, though it could have been a Halloween special or a spring special. Because it wasn't uh, the holiday season. So, And it was very rare, like it wasn't like Bugs Bunny had a lot of ho- holiday specials, so I don't know what it was. Or maybe it was, uh, I don't know what it was, but it, but we were really looking forward to it. And this is probably one of the reasons why this is so clear in my mind. So at some point, like in the evening, and maybe this was a Saturday or a Sunday, but it could have been a school night or, yeah, maybe we're off school. uh, I decided, like I came up with this idea in me and my brother's room. And and this time we had uh, not tile floors, whatever you call those floors. They used to use the stuff... uh, wasn't like tile, when you think about tile now, oh, it lino- wasn't linoleum. It was squares, like linoleum, but just squares of this stuff. This is how, like, a lot of old houses were laid out. And I think it was made of stuff that you're not supposed to make stuff out of anymore. But at the time, and it was hard, it wasn't like this soft linoleum and uh, like our house was like uh, the downstairs we had a downstairs upstairs house so the w- w- like the bedrooms were downstairs kind of in like a basement and so these floors these tile floors were always a little bit moist and cool to the touch uh and at some point we got carpet in because then the trend was like to have wall to wall carpeting and we had this brown carpet down there. But this was before that. So we had just these floors, uh, which is now in vogue. You say, well, that's a great idea because it's easy to clean, easy to, you know. And I prefer it. I guess in some sense you say, well, it's not exactly warm or whatever. But you say, well, I don't know. I, like you say, we'll put an area rug down or something. But I don't know about the, I'm not a fan of this wall-to-wall carpet stuff. I mean, I rent where I live, but the the, the down—and now I live in a downstairs-upstairs place, uh, like the place I live now. There's two bedrooms downstairs in the washing machine, and then upstairs is the bathroom, the kitchen, and the, the you know, combo room. So, I know I've talked about that before, but so, okay, where was I— so none of this has to do with a spring or anything except it does it's water based and I am an Aquarius. So it is all connected and it probably really does underlie why I make a sleep podcast. So my brother and I poor Carl and probably my sister Sheila I did have I did unfortunately get them involved in this. Maybe not my sister Sheila. But so at least Carl and I we had this bedroom And this was during a transition time of like production of toys and stuff. So I must have been like six or seven, like very young, because uh, at the time, a lot of toys were packaged um, in cardboard tubes, of all things. Like a little bit thicker sides, but cardboard tubes like you'd uh, not like a tube like a poster would come in. But, like, when you go to um, TJ's, right, and you get some sorts of uh, snacks, sometimes they come in a um, a cylinder, that's what it is, a cylindrical container made of cardboard or paperboard. And some of the toys would have been Lincoln Logs were definitely one of the toys, and the other one was probably some other block-based toy. Actually, even blocks with the alphabet blocks came in these cardboard tubes. They usually had a tin bottom and a tin top. And now you think it's those things are coming back because, like, they were in plastic for a while. Now you'd say, well, I'd rather have it in cardboard or paperboard because they know what that is. It could be recycled, maybe the aluminum on the top and the bottoms recycled. And the tops would normally be removable, right, when you first opened it, but the bottoms were fixed. And, we like, I had this great idea— there's something about like a, a moist, like a room, a high humidity. Like if at some point, we got a dehumidifier, but this is pre dehumidifier era. But there's something about playing in a hard floor that has just a bit of moisture. I mean, I'm not talking about detectable like slipping or, or uh, drops, just a barely sense of moisture that seeps into your being in a good way. This is in a good way. I'm not saying it in a not good way. And so I said to my brother, Carl, I said, let's go. So there's a bathroom downstairs, too, for the kids, of course. Uh, And I said, let's go and fill these. uh, I didn't say fill these cylinders, cylinders with water, but I got the idea. I said, let's fill these things with water. And so then we filled them with water and then we brought them back in our room. And I presume we were either playing with the toys in them or dumping them in and out or whatever. What we didn't quite uh, anticipate was one, well, one is blissfully unaware of probably the water we we're splashing all over everywhere while we were doing this. I mean this should be stuff this is probably stuff you see on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, like kids doing this stuff. You say, okay, well you left a giant trail of water. We weren't aware of that. And then probably were splashing water everywhere. Also at this point, my parents probably had four kids or five kids and always had an infant. Uh, I would assume yeah, they probably had five kids at this point, one infant and then one kid under under two or three years of age. So they were—they had a lot going on. So there we were pouring in, in and out. Now, we all, what I didn't realize is that uh, when paperboard or cardboard gets wet, it's going to s- swiftly deteriorate. And so the cardboard containers are slowly deteriorating in real time. Uh, and we, I mean, these weren't like small cylinders. You're talking like not a five gallon bucket, but you could probably fit a gallon of water uh, in each one or three quarters of a gallon when you're imagining it, like the difference between a half gallon of milk and a gallon of milk somewhere in between those two things. So at some point, one of my parents came down and they came across this and it kind of blew their mind, uh, because it was like, of all the things you anticipate and plan for, uh, finding two or three of your kids pouring water in cardboard containers and whatever, maybe we we're making soup. I have no idea. Uh, it elicited a very strong response, uh, And, of course, we were surprised. I mean, I was surprised because I said, oh, I didn't realize this was a bad idea. I guess speaking as an adult for myself, I'd say, well, I didn't realize this was such a bad idea. Now that I'm seeing your strong reaction, I would say you're right. Uh, We did. uh, Oh, also, yeah, we didn't pay attention to the mess we made. But, yeah, I didn't anticipate the cardboard. Uh, We're just doing it as fun. Probably poking the cardboard as it deteriorated. Uh, so also, I did, also, you're right, I didn't take into account that you have those two kids upstairs or and work and adult feelings. So I see that you're having a strong response to that. Uh, so that all makes sense in an adult world of context. I say, oh, okay. I mean, at the time, I was just surprised or shocked, too. I said, wait a second, what do you mean? Wow, geez, you're really upset. I mean, I didn't say that. I probably got very upset, too. Also, there was, like, not just a reaction. Then there was also the uh, consequences, which were going to bed, cleaning up, uh, which sometimes cleaning up these situations is probably just as fraught as the actual everything else. Because you say, well, how are you going to clean this up? The only thing you can clean it up with is bath towels. So then that ends up feeding a whole cycle of then you got to wash the bath towels, or did you use clean bath towels or dirty bath towels? Hopefully, use dirty dog bath towels. Like that's what I just used last night. I was making my bed, or I wasn't making it. I was trying to shake out my comforter so it'd be ready for me. And I knocked over my drink that I had at my bedside, and it was full. It was a full bottle of water, not a capped bottle of water. And that got blown up on my floor, which is carpet. But I was in a calm spot. I said, okay, well, it's only wa- flavored water, so not a big deal. And then I knew I had given Koa a bath a couple of days before, and I dried her towels out outside. So I said, well, you just want to towels. So that was a different situation because I said, okay, we got the resources here to deal with this. So at that time... Resources are limited. So reaction was strong. But then the consequences were kind of unprecedented, which were immediately after you clean up, you're going to bed, and no Bugs Bunny. Uh, and it, that was like a bridge too far, because this is pre-DVR, pre-streaming. If you miss something, pre, pre, we didn't have a VCR, so it wasn't like I could say, could you, well, could you at least tape it for me? This was probably pre VCR at least at my house. just so talk about whatever whatever FOMO is, it was worse than FOMO and uh, I just remember, I remember being light out and I remember it being and actually so at the time, yeah, I think uh, at the time because there was two only two little kids and they were in like a nursery, Like, uh, we actually, they had tried to set a TV up. So then, so I said, this is not gonna, I can't do the, like, I can't not watch this big Bugs Bunny thing. So then I tried to sneak out of my room and watch it. And I think we may have watched it. We probably got caught because you, when you're a kid and you think you're quiet, you're just not. I don't understand that either. But even now, like, uh, I feel bad when I catch my daughter doing stuff, like even taking, like, she's just taking some gum out of my drawer or something. I'm like, can you just, like, did you just help yourself to some gum? Yeah. Okay, just ask next time, okay? Like, just ask me first. I guess I should make it an I statement. So I just share that memory because it popped in my head, and it was like it has to do with water. In uh, Syracuse, that was uh, and and going about without dinner, but that happened in Syracuse, New York. So where I grew up, or where uh, I spent the first six years of my life, was in Marcellus, New York, uh, which is outside of Syracuse. I wouldn't call it a suburb, but I guess you probably say a suburb in. Uh, my daughter and I, my parents, did. I did make my parents drive out there, or I probably drove the, their car. This was a while ago, maybe four years ago, five years ago. I talked them into driving out to Marcellus, and I did have mixed feelings going out there uh, because uh, it just elicits, you know, these kind of things. These are like uh, whatever they said, you can't return home or whatever and returning to a place where really your are archetypal. That's like the formation of who you are. Uh, but it's also like one of these things that keeps coming up, not recently, but at the time, four years ago. So I think this was in podcast era that I had gone there. So maybe I talked about it. But I said, can we drive out there? I'd like to show Sophia. But we went out in the evening. I think it was summertime. And we stopped... Uh, First, we drove down this one street that we didn't live on, or maybe we did that last. That that it keeps coming up, kept coming up in dreams for me at the time. That was like uh, one street over, like through. Well, this will be the important part where we'll, we'll get to it, and then then so then we drove to the apartment building where my parents first lived uh, with me, and. Uh, we drove through that complex, uh, and that was also in Marcellus. And they kind of talked about stuff, but I was like, I have no memory at all about that. Uh, I, don't, I don't even have memory of like whatever I went to pre-K there. I remember going to my brother and sister's like pre-K pre-K graduation, uh, maybe or maybe I, like it's like okay, I don't really remember much about it. Uh, yeah about that but so then I remember so the so the then we went to the street we grew- i grew up on or whatever early early years of scoots uh and again, you don't really remember too much about that era uh so you just have some fragmented memories, but then if for some reason and we'll see what this episode does, like uh there's a lot of dream sense there dream memories there. And I think there are some important lessons like, uh, of, uh, what, what's under my control as an adult, like or looking back and forlornness of like, uh, oh, like, uh, regrets because so, so from what I remember is we grew up in a house, uh, we had, we, we were either the next door neighbors or two, I think it was two doors down was a neighbor's like, uh, that were uh, like grand parental figures. There was uh, a, 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 a husband, a wife, and the, uh, her sister all lived together. And they had a kid that was like uh, 10, 15 years older than me. And they lived in the house, and I spent a lot of time at their house. The only things I remember, I mean, I remember them being very pleasant and taking care of me when I needed to, to be taken care of uh, and they had uh, like the one main feature I remember is like remember, and you see them in movies now again, the bird that always drinks like it's like a bird made of glass and it has like a colored liquid in it. And sometimes it has a top a top hat and it's like supposed to be a perpetual motion machine. They had like a couple of those that I was found fascinating and uh and their house is very dark and those are the things i really remember about it other than be, them being nice uh and uh, like w- watching me a lot of times when i needed to be watched uh so that's one thing then i guess moving in the same air area then there was like a couple doors down from that uh was a house, and they had some g- girls that were around my age that I would play with sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, one memory I have is they had an unfinished basement, and I remember riding big wheels around in a circle in their basement, and that was fun. And But I don't know if that was, like, when we visited. It, again, it was like they were watched out for me. Then another thing it was... Uh, Oh, there was a kid who comes up on the podcast who had uh, the Richard uh, Scary books. Uh, He was a neighbor a few doors down. He was my age, uh, and he had Richard Scary books, uh, so that was like one thing. And then I went to—we didn't go to the same school, but we were around the same age, and we were friends. And that was my first experience with introversion— uh, where you say, oh yeah, I guess you're kind of, some of this is just who we are. Cause I had to be like four or five, three, four or five years old, maybe six. Uh, and I went to his birthday party and I remember I decided, well, I don't, know, am not sure about this party. I don't really know anybody. So I'm going to go up in his room and get in his top bunk of his bunk beds and look at Richard's scary books. And I remember his mom came and she said, what are you doing up here? And I said, well, looking for the doodle bug or gold bug or whatever, you know, wormly." And she said, well, ha- why don't you come down to the party? And I said, well, like, she was just trying to manage everything. And, and I said, okay. And then I ended up having fun. We played Pin the Tail on the Donkey and I won without, like, a, and I didn't try to, like, look through the things, like, my tail, whoever, the mom, I think, she was putting on the blindfold. She did a great job because mine was, like, uh, well off of where a tail would normally be. But it was, like, the, still the closest one. So, that kind of helped my introversion. So, if you there's a, advice. If you notice a kid at a birthday party that you're running that's introverted, fix one of the games so they win. Probably, I mean... Don't take my advice for it. And then there was another group of kids, a brother and a sister, I believe, that we were kind of friends with, that I was kind of friends with. Uh, and they had a P-O-O-L. Now, uh, I guess at the time, I'm trying to think. I I, I had, like, I, I uh, this was when I had to be under five or six. But I remember going over there to swim. And, uh. The idea of the indoor pool, like I don't know if I had heard something about it, but I had these archetypal concerns, we'll say, about an indoor pool. And I don't know where this meant, like where this story came from, but that uh, probably from one of my cousins. I'm positive, yeah, someone told me the story of like, oh well, if you go in an indoor pool, you know those things that clean, like you know, don't you could just. Uh, Like they, they made you extra concerned about being, and I said, wait a second, the filters actually, and even back then the outdoor pools, it was like way on the bottom, anything that was sucking in water. So, but that was constantly a thing of like, oh, one of my friends, uh, you know, they got too close to one of those jets. uh," So I had that in my mind. Again, I was the person I was today back then even. And so I couldn't, I was like, absolutely, I'm not getting in this pool. And it's not a good idea. And I remember, like, at some point they had, like, back then, they had something made of foam that was a bit like a a stroller for the pool. And I think I was in that for a while. And then I think I put on swimmies and was in the pool. Eventually, I think I kind of got over it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be part of this pool. You know, they're going to have to come drain the pool because I'll be suctioned to the side. Uh, and uh, that was the thing, you'd just be stuck to the side of the pool. And I said, I don't want that, but it wasn't like balanced, like you describe in a sleep podcast, like I'm doing now. It was like constantly like, that's it, that's gonna be it. Uh, very so it's just interesting because they still deal with this stuff today. So I love that little kid there that was so thinking about that. So that's those are the uh, some of the, my neighbors. And there was a set of, uh, there's a couple parks nearby, not like playground parks, like, uh, like public parks, like you'd go hiking. I tried to get my, like, uh, I drove to one of them when I was with my daughter and my parents. Because I wanted to go hiking, but, you know, this was like, they were like, literally, like, okay, well, you could look around for a few minutes, but it's getting, and I said, okay, okay, I got it. But so this house we lived in. We don't really remember a lot about it uh, there's just a few things I do remember and we'll go through 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 those and eventually get to the uh, um, the the big part right like the uh, the, the spring uh, my own private spring so it was a smaller house uh, that eventually once you had like uh, I don't even know what the layout of the house was other than it had a g- driveway and a garage and it had a door obviously to get in. And I think when you came in, you were right in the like family living room. Like there was only one general use room or actually there's two, I guess like, uh, uh, like, uh, but, uh, that was the main one. And, uh, then there was a the kitchen. And then if you were in the kitchen to the left was the porch, uh, or the back porch. It was like a screen. So it wasn't, it wasn't an indoor room. I don't know if it was heated in the winter. That's, that's what I mean. But maybe it was. But it had like a screen. And it had those like windows that you could roll down and roll up. Uh, like a bit like shutters. Uh, that's like an old, kind of like a 70s, 80s thing. And screens. And it, like uh, probably cement flooring. And a couple things. So I remember being in that room, and I had uh, (laughs) going right into rocking horse winter territory. But I'm not kidding. I didn't predict any winners, And I didn't have a rocking horse. Back then, there was this thing to talk about, an amazing toy that probably you can never have again. But So I had this horse. I think they called it like a bouncy horse. I don't know what they called it. But it was like a plastic horse that you sat on. And it had four springs attaching it to, uh, like, a, a tube, tubular frame that you could kind of—you'd sit on the horse and it would, like, bounce up and down based on the spring motion. And you could rock it back and forth or bounce—like, like, like uh, I don't know. I don't know what year they discovered all of the possible downsides uh, they experienced—you know, the kids like me experienced. But I don't think I really— But it was just cool, and you could just bounce out. I mean, you could get it out of your system. I think was the main thing, even especially in the winter. And one of the reasons this memory came up is like, uh, like there's like horse racing, right? Is a big used even back then. It was probably a bigger thing but it's something I don't really think about like, uh, and then there was a big horse race or I guess it got postponed. One of the big triple, triple Derby, triple crown, golden Derby, whatever they call it, triple crown. That's what they call it. Uh, so one of those three horse races, it was recently when I'm recording this, uh, And I remember talking to my dad about, like, the week before, and and, uh, I said, well, what do you got going on? He said, well, boy, I can't wait for that derby. And I said, uh, because he said, oh, do you want to do a Zoom or what do you say, on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day? Oh, no, we got the derbies that day. And I was thinking in my head, I tried to be nice about it, but I said, wait a second, like, you're looking forward, like, but you don't bet on the race, right? and it's not like this particular year, there's like, sometimes, you know, there's one of those horses uh, like, uh, that's like transcends. They say, Oh boy, this is a transcendent horse. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about it. And they said, what is a horse race? Like I said, I, and, I mean, I've kind of watched those before, like just tuned in in time for the one race. But I said, what is a races before? Like, doesn't a horse race take like four minutes, uh, I mean, that's what I wanted to say. It's like, okay, well, I'll schedule the Zoom either before or after the four-minute race uh, of the horse. No offense to people that love horses or horse racing. Uh, but I just thought in my head, like, uh, I don't know. I'm, a, you know, I'm a, like a easily agitated person. So I said, what do you mean? You're going to – and I said, do you – and then part of me was like, well, are you really looking forward to watching this horse race, huh? And then I said, well, I said I always have to remind myself, for me, that I can be like that for listeners. So, like, oh, not let these generational blocks make me assume, you know, where I am, that it's going to connect to people generation before or after me, right? But so this particular memory, like, I remember that uh, my father's father, who we did not have a super close relationship with. And so my father's parents, I'm assuming, were visiting. And that was a very rare event in my life. Uh, And I, I think, or maybe it was my father's sister and her husband and their kids, or maybe they were all visiting at the same time. So this could be a combined memory. But so... Uh, I remember they were watching that race, and I was racing on my horse like the rocking horse winner. And uh, so it's just a memory. It was just one of those memories you just have. You're like, yeah, I remember bouncing on my bouncy horse? Uh, wow. I mean, I guess it's like the bouncing on the bouncy horse. The fact that adults were interested in a horse race on TV, and that my father's father, my grandfather, was there because that was rare. But also, I think it was the same thing. Then we went outside to sit outside. So this house had a little bit of a backyard. It was surrounded by like a, like a I guess what I would call a stockade fence. I don't know, like a fence made of like, like that was like a, at least like five or six feet tall of wood, like wood slats that are uh, like pointed at the top. I mean, not sharp, but pointed. Uh, that blocks you in, which nowadays you'd say, well, that's really constraining. And it wasn't like they needed it. I don't know. I think it was just to delineate the property, which kind of goes into the next thing. Or maybe it was to keep kids contained. The other thing, and this, I don't know, I guess I had to ask my parents if this was here. I think it was there. It was a giant uh, truck tire. And I think it was already there. Like buried in the backyard, like you'd see, I mean, nowadays you see it at like a CrossFit, but back then you'd see it at playgrounds. And we actually just had one in our yard. It was spray painted red or painted red. And so we'd play on it and it was really buried. So like it was buried halfway and uh, so we could climb on that. And I'd say, holy cow, I don't know what a used to truck tire costs nowadays or how you would get it to your house. Uh, but I said, what a cost-effective, uh, like, uh, way to get, you know, you don't who needs a playground? And we might have had one of those metal swing sets. I don't know. But the reason I bring up the backyard is because I remember my cousin climbing on the fence, uh, and he, uh, he, uh, his, his, uh, he ended up like being split leg like, on the fence, uh, and 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 talking in a high voice, and all the adults laughing at him. I was like, why are they laughing at him? He's like, uh, his his butt hurts, or is like, uh, you know, his personal area hurts. Uh, but I think they thought it'd be, like they probably told him not to try to climb over the fence. Uh, but I just remember that, and I'm sure it was the same time because it was my cousins from Ronkonkoma. So I don't know if it was Timmy or Bobby, but uh, they were visiting from Ron Kakama, probably with my dad's parents, so that would be a lot of people having the car because there was uh, Timmy, Bobby, and Amy, uh, Carol and Bob, and then Kenneth and Anna. so it's four adult I mean maybe I guess if they had a station wagon or maybe they took two cars. I don't know. I'm sure my dad and I will discuss this. Uh, But so, okay, So but now it makes sense because it wasn't like, it was kind of like we were living in the country. It wasn't like a suburb. It wasn't like we lived in a country area. But like up the street was a quarry, uh, I think. But then somebody said, I guess I had a disagreement. Maybe they made it into a housing development or some sort of, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a quarry. And then behind our house, like outside of the fence, and who knows whose property or whatever, was a marsh. Uh, And when I say a marsh, I mean if you walked out, even probably in in our yard within the fence, uh, after you got to a certain area, uh, the ground got very soft and it had the kind of growth. uh, The things that grow in marshy east coast soil, that's not a swamp uh is like a certain kind of grass or clover or something. And yeah, when you try to walk in it, now it, oh, I think it was permanent because it was because of an artisanal spring or a spring. But then even further, or deeper, like so going, and this is in the dream territory because then you'd be going through to go to through the next, the backyards. There was even further, so I guess it was a small set of woods and again, this was like when I was too young to go exploring by myself, uh, like because I was just too little. I was five, like five, maybe six. But if you went deeper into the woods, uh, it wasn't very thick woods. There, were like uh, I think there was a lot of uh, what are those trees called? Birch trees. But if you went further in there. There was also a stream, uh, maybe related to the marsh or maybe a, the marsh was a part of it, or maybe this was another spring. I don't know the source of this. I'm going to look on Google Earth. Believe me, my plan was to do it before making the podcast. but then I said, well, that'll probably make me procrastinate, uh, but so you would go, and then there was a wooden bridge you could cross over to go to the houses on the other side. And I spent a lot of time for some reason, so this would have been like 2016, 2015, 2014, in my dreams uh, on that bridge and then that creek, not processing any childhood memories either. And then walking through and, and, and walking through the backyards to the other side, this street that I didn't even grow up on. So I don't know. It it just has this weird eerie quality to me. But it also had this, uh, like, it wasn't like I was unaware of it. Like, I had been back there probably with, like, one of my friends and their mom or their dad or maybe even my parents. And so I was aware Like, in a FOMO sense, and this is the empowering part, that uh, somewhere right near where I lived was a running stream or creek, uh, which uh, to me is just amazing. I mean, that's on my bucket list, to live on someplace that has a freshwater creek or stream. And maybe it was from the quarry, so maybe it wasn't exactly uh, like, but it was so... Uh, as I like got older, even when we moved away, it was on my fantasy list of like, I want to take my, uh, toys and play in that Creek. And I remember like planning it out and, and constantly fantasizing and saying, man, like the adventures I could have with my toys in a Creek or stream. And I mean, a lot of the cartoons from Hasbro would glamorize this stuff. Uh, they'd glamorize playing in streams, man. But they would. They would have, like, whatever. You're adventuring with your uh, Fisher-Price or your G.I. Joes or whatever, your uh, Transformers. and Or maybe you have one of the water-based toys. And so, like I said, one day I'm going to—and I talked about this a long time ago, but I said one day I'm going to save up enough money to get the G.I. Joe hovercraft, and I'm going to play with that hovercraft in that stream— And I never did that, but we did go back uh, when I was, like, after, like, I remember going back to visit once or twice when I was still a little kid after we moved away. And, but I don't think I ever made it, I mean, I I know I made it back to the stream because it's like uh, your memory when you're six or seven is more powerful, I think, than when you're five or four or five or six so, like, I remember getting back to that, but it, it, just think about it when I thought about my own private uh, spring, because it's somewhere there was a spring there causing this marsh, I think. Uh, I mean, I'll be definitely corrected if everything that's wrong or that other people remember in a different way. But, it, like, that's also cool, too. Like, say, oh, wow, that wasn't a marsh. Uh, or I remembered it the wrong way. Because even the quarry, I said, you yeah, know, if you drove up, because uh, our street was like, if you it ended and then went left. Uh, and I said, yeah, know, but there was a dirt road if you went straight. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that went into private property, like a quarry or something. Or right into one of the parks. Uh, There's like a set of woods uh, that my brother posted pictures. It has like a, that must have a marsh too, because it has a boardwalk. So, yeah, I guess this is like a swampy area out there or marshy, uh, not swampy. Maybe it was some swampage, which is interesting with, like, uh, recently doing the odder things when I'm recording this. And there's one other memory that I want to tell you just because to close out was like... uh, uh, and this, again, if your kids, don't do this. Uh, but, uh, you know, like sometimes, especially when you're a little kid, like uh, this doesn't happen as much because people have cell phones. But like uh, back then, we just had like phones fixed to the wall. And so I remember this one time my mom was on the phone. My brother and sister must have been taking a nap because they were like babies uh, or one or two or three. And my mom was on the phone and she was on, and I wanted attention. And then I got really bored. And I remember, uh, like, uh, wherever her, she was so distracted. And I was in the kitchen that I climbed up on the counter. Um, and for kids, I guess this is a rite of passage, not a good idea at all. So don't do it. Uh, but, like, when you climb up on the counter as a kid and then there's cabinets, like, it's a whole new world because you get to look in the cabinets at your eye level. And I remember I was bored and I was going through the cabinets. Uh, and I'll never forget it because, again, like, uh, well, one, we didn't, you know, we, when you're a kid, whatever, four years old or five years old, you just get what you're given, right? Uh, you don't really go into the top cabinets uh, but I don't think, my family's never been, we we enjoy sweets and stuff, but I don't think my parents ate a lot of candy. Or I didn't see them, like, snacking on candy. Like, if we had a treat, it was a shared treat or whatever. But so my mom was on the phone, and I'm going through the cabinet, and I'm, like, looking at stuff. And then I found, and it was in a package, like, nowadays you'd buy Nerds, you know, the Nerds candies, right? Uh, they come in that paperboard uh rectangular box, right? This was, uh, and these candies you could still get now, it, these weren't nerds. These were like pre-nerds, but they were uh, candied rocks, which again, yeah, I know you can buy. And the difference between a candied rock and a nerd is that a candied rock is not a strong uh, flavor. Like uh, nerds have that like uh, unbelievable sugar punch to them Candied rocks uh, have, uh, they're a little bit bigger, but I remember I found this box of candied rocks, uh, and my mind was blown. And then I think I showed it to my mom or whatever, and we ate it together. Uh, but I just remember that sense of adventure. Like, uh, that, I guess that was my first adventuring in cabinets, which even that is a nice memory, you know, of like, uh, the first time you're looking around in something, and you're saying, this is, like, unprecedented in my life that I'm actually seeing. You forget about these things as an adult because you become kind of jaded. Whether it's the curiosity of filling containers with water or fantasizing about going to a marsh or a creek or about just going through cabinets with fresh eyes, uh, So, you know, one day I'll have my own creek or my own private spring, or maybe I won't. Maybe I could just enjoy visiting them. But I hope uh, you rest well as I tuck you in here and say goodnight.